0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Unbroken Soul podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Joy, and my mission is to help dissolve the protected armor created from trauma. We all have trauma. I am a mom, wife, entrepreneur turned trauma survivor, light worker, speaker, and woman's soul coach. I live with passion and intensity and have found my life's purpose through my own healing journey. I have sat in the shadows, wept from the depths of my soul, rose from the ashes and danced alongside the Phoenix. My greatest wish is that this podcast offers you insights, real life stories and tools to help guide you back into a space of remembering your unbroken soul. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to be bringing you the very first recording for my new podcast, the new journey that I am stepping into and asking you to join me. The Unbroken Soul Podcast. I am honored and so eternally grateful for all of your support and encouragement in this new adventure. I kind of had this feeling a few months back that maybe that would be my next step. But of course, uncertainty, doubt, fear, you know, all that stuff that keeps us trapped kind of held me in a space of... um, uncertainty and then with your support after being a guest on a couple different episodes I kept getting messages from you saying I want more I really truly want to hear more and so thank you for that because that's the encouragement that I needed to step into this unknown space huge huge thank you to my beautiful soul sister Krista Cocott coaching she supports me wholeheartedly she holds space for me and encourages from a genuine space Um, and I just can't thank her enough for just truly really supporting me in this and helping me get started so my vision here for the Unbroken Soul podcast is to bring you tips, advice suggestions and guests of real life stories to help bring you into a space of knowing that you're not alone in this journey of life. Okay, we all have separate stories. Not one single story is the same. But what is the same is our ability to step into compassion, to be empathetic to another, and to just know that although I can't feel into your story on some level somehow I feel you and I'm there with you and this was a big realization for me in my journey and that's why I'm so incredibly passionate about bringing these stories to you the only thing I ask of my guests when they come on the podcast is to be truthful and honest and open All I want is the real vulnerable story because I think more and more we're searching for this soul connection conversation where the surface level is no longer cutting it for many of us. You know, we're like, okay, enough with the superficial. I want to know who are you? Who are you when we peel back these layers of mom, wife, sister, career woman? Who are you behind the face that greets me on the street? I want to know what brought you here into this space and helped create who you are today. So that is why I'm passionate and I hope that this resonates with you. I'm going to guess that it does or else you wouldn't be here joining me today. So thank you from my soul space, from my heart, for joining me and sharing in this journey. My vision for this first episode for you is just to give you some insight into who am I? Who is Amanda Joy? Because you know, in these 43 years that I've been on this earth, in this, you know, skin suit that we um, choose to come in here, our soul body, what has shaped me into who I am to be here today to speak and share openly and freely with you? Because as you get to know me, you're going to understand that my story is not one for the faint of heart. It has not been easy. And it's painful and difficult to talk about. However, when you do the work and you continue to do the work and you continue to peel back the layers and get a better understanding and allow space for the deep feeling that's necessary... It allows you to get to where I am today and my writing coach reminded me this um, just recently Chloe Galloway and she said Amanda there's a journey that you've been through and it started out through trauma and it transitioned to healing and then it ultimately transitioned into a space of empowerment and that really resonated deeply with me because I had to pause in that and go holy shit you're right because the healing just wasn't enough right okay so as I was healing I've been able to reach out and I've been able to help so many women and men as well on my journey but to be able to be strong and solid in the foundation of who I am today and what it has taken me to get to this place I needed to come out onto the other side of empowerment and now I know that's resonating with some of you as I speak that, so just let that sink in. Trauma, healing, empowerment. And it's a cycle, right? Nothing is linear in this lifetime, right? It's all cyclical. Cyclical? Cyclical. <laughs> and so releasing the mindset that it, it has to go in that exact cycle or linear line what happens is there may be trauma healing trauma trauma healing 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 a whole bunch of healing empowerment trauma like it right it, you guys can relate right you're picking up what i'm laying down so just understand that right is that there's there's no ending and there's no start it just continues and that is also the reason why i'm able to come here and meet with you today and be in the space that I stand in today is because of a greater understanding that there is a continuation it never ends I'm not superhuman I am no different than you we are all one and in this space of oneness we continue to learn and we continue to grow we are not meant to be stagnant we don't heal And then that's the end of the story. There's a continuation to that. And so thank you for meeting me in this space and recognizing that that's who I am. And I continue to have lessons. I continue to be presented with challenges. I continue to make mistakes. Holy shit, right? I got to own up to that one, right? Right here, you heard it from me. I continue to make mistakes. But the difference is being able to bounce back from that, choosing the awareness, taking ownership when you do fuck up, right here, been there, done that, and then moving forward when we know better, we do better, plain and simple. So let's get started. Who is Amanda Joy? And first thing, okay, Amanda Joy is what you all may know me as through this podcast, through my Instagram, Facebook, through my social media presence. My last name is Amanda Ledoux. So that is my married name. However, I've chosen to drop the last name and just go with my given names, Amanda Joy. So that's where that comes from. Okay, so who am I? Well, I grew up in an incredibly small community in central Alberta. And when I say small, a lot of you from these large centers are gonna be unable to fathom what I'm talking about. This small town that I grew up in had less, I think at the time, less than 800 people in the community itself, including outlying farms and extended area The community itself was like a thousand people or so. Very, very small. And understanding within that, my mom grew up in this community. My dad grew up in this community. My dad's grandparents homesteaded. And my mom's parents moved there when she was young. So extended family all around me. You know, it was a long standing joke that my husband was new blood in town and he only came from about 20 minutes away. So not that new. But anyway, if we weren't related to people in town directly, they were related through friendship, through long-time family friends. There wasn't very many people that we didn't know in town, and that gave us a real safe place to live and to grow. In my um, school age years, I graduated grade 12 with a class of 17 graduates (laughs) and to this day they are still near and dear to my heart because that's as close as to family as one can get when you go day in and day out with the same individuals from literally I believe 12 of us from preschool all the way through to grade 12 we were together So you can imagine the bonds that are created through that. And, I mean, we're all individuals. And, of course, it was kind of like that sibling rivalry thing where you could have a scrap one day, but you knew that you were over it and you carried on and you moved forward. Or you could call someone out on their faults or vice versa, and it just is what it is, but you knew that that foundation of love and respect was still there. So I was very fortunate for that. Um, The principal of my high school, when I graduated was one of my parents' teachers from when they were in school. Like, I'm talking small town, right? But eternally grateful for that space to grow up in. You know, you hear about, when I was a kid, we could walk the streets at night and feel safe. No, really, truly and wholly, that was the case. And, you know, we we got away with so much. We didn't have a police. We st- there is still not a police station in that community. Um we you know it just really truly was an um, incredible place to grow up and so from there um, small town mind i always had it in my head that i needed to get married young i mean that was the generational patterns presented within my family my grandparents both sets of grandparents remained married there was no divorce for them i believe my dad's parents were married 70 plus years when my grandfather passed away. My mom's parents are both still alive. I'm extremely fortunate for that. My grandfather is will be ninety-three this month. My grandmother's eighty-five. And they are still married to this day. But oh, train of thoughts gone. Gratitude in having my family close by. But the whole community was just one big one big Family, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I mean, there's downfalls to that, too. We didn't get away with a whole lot. Now, as a parent, I think, like, well, that what a blessing that would have been. At the time, it was super annoying and inconvenient for those of us that tried to pull a fast one because our parents knew before we even stepped foot back in the door. And that was before social media. <laughs> so just a different, a different time and space. When I graduated high school... I enrolled in college in our local city that's only an hour away from, or half hour away from Eckville. And um, yeah, I went to college for two years there. From there, here we go, back to the mindset, I needed to be married young. When I turned 20 years old, I cried my eyes out. I thought, honestly, I thought that's it, like, life is over, it's time to adult my high school boyfriend and i at the time who had on again off again over 6 years in a relationship had broke up severed done over with and i had most recently started a relationship with my current husband but i just thought that's it like this this is this is my life i need to get married i need to get a career i need to have children and done so on my 20th birthday i was a wreck and now at 43, I look back and go, holy hell, like seriously, girl. But honestly, I, I'm not shitting you. I, I was devastated that I was old. And so that gives you a little bit of insight into the generational patterns that I'd been carrying. I had it instilled in my mind, and, and no fault to my parents or grandparents, but just my own belief system that I had adopted. I thought that that was just the way it went. And so that's what I made happen. My boyfriend and I at the time got engaged, got married. 24, I had our first daughter. 27, we had our son. And it was extremely, extremely difficult. We were children. We were still kids ourselves. We had no idea who we even were as individuals. And we chose to join in in a marriage and bring two young people into our lives. So it, it was challenging. Our marriage has not been easy. And I'm sure you're all nodding and going, yeah, I get it, I feel you. And so through that, um, we were both very successful in our careers. We were both very driven and super smart with with uh, financials, very young and early in life. So grateful for that understanding. At the young age of 27, I had my son, our second child and last child. And at the time I was in a very, um, what I thought as like my career choice for a lifetime. Corporate world. I was gonna climb the corporate ladder. I was hoping that we would move closer to the bigger cities. I wanted to be downtown Calgary where the head offices are. I was driven. That was just who I was. And then the reality hit. My husband was a welder in the oil field at the time he worked away. And it was like, that wasn't the life that we'd actually envisioned. I basically was a single mom, raising two children on my own. He worked away for endless days. And I know those of you in the oil field can still relate to this, right? We're all going like, I I feel you, sister. It's a shitty place to be. And some people make it work. And kudos to you. I just couldn't. It just wasn't for either one of us or the children, it was just turmoil. Every time he was home, it was uneasy and disruptive. And when he went away, it was a readjustment. And there's just always this struggle. And so from there, we made the decision together to leave his career as a welder. At the time, he'd been working up in Grand Cache, Alberta, in northern Alberta. And we didn't know what we were going to do. He was looking at other opportunities. Most of the opportunities were ground floor, entry level opportunities which of course you can imagine the pay cut was not something that we really wanted to consider we knew that I could go back to work if that's what was necessary at the time I had left my chosen career but we really didn't want to have to take something that was you know a fifth of what he had been making so we just put it out there We put it out there and we started to, at the time I was very adamant with the law of attraction, following Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, Esther Hicks, and just really understanding that, you know what, you put it out there and it's going to come back to you. You're going to attract whatever it is you need. And sure enough, we did. We attracted a business that was for sale through um, a personal friend, made the decision to purchase it, and that's where we still remain today, again, growing and expanding upon that but that's when we made our first decision as a couple to go into being business owners remembering that he had always been an entrepreneur and a small business owner so as a welder he was a consult or a contractor so we were still never I guess employees had a little bit of freedom around that so the idea of him leaving that freedom and going into a space of nine to five job just was kind of foreign territory for him and not a place he wanted to go to would have but didn't necessarily want to so we bought the business fast forward a few years this business was very prosperous we did extremely well with it he grew it fast in a time when actually the oil field was starting to slow down everyone thought we were a little bit Crazy to jump in at a time that we did, but it just worked for us. This job was perfect. It was the dream job ultimately for anyone who worked for us and for my husband. It was Monday through Friday, and honestly, he could pick his hours. He employed several other guys under him. I worked from home in the home office. I happened to specialize in office administration, so I knew how to run a business, the bones of it, the structure. And so we made it work together. And that was our life. We bought the perfect, beautiful seven-acre parcel outside of Rocky Mountain House. I guess just under seven acres. Outside of Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. And we were living, I guess, you know, what some people would look in and say, like, the perfect life. Of course, it wasn't perfect. But for us, it was what we wanted. We had a beautiful home. Our marriage had been really unstable. had difficult challenging moments and we finally found a place of neutrality we just really felt settled in our lives and that's when the accident happened and that's when our worlds were completely rocked upside down so you can imagine I went from this woman who was strong and passionate and confident and at the time I was in multi-level marketing and I was selling home decor I think by then the the home decor business had actually shut down and I'd moved into um, the fat wraps you know the it works wraps that you put on it helps you lose inches and um, greens and really into the healthy and nutrition side of things but still I was told once you could sell ice to um, the Eskimos like you just really literally have a knack for for sales and i always said well it's not necessarily the sale as much as the passion behind it i just was really passionate about about life and what i believed in and if i believed in something then i would share it with you and that came easy for me and that's why i'm here today right is still i continue to live with this passion and so we were we were living this great life and one afternoon my son had a friend over on a play date and it all spiraled out of control. The boys were outside playing. I'd allowed them to ride on my son's quad. I'd been in and out of the house checking on them. And it just, it was the perfect day. I still remember it. I still remember it. It was so unseasonably beautiful outside. The leaves had fallen from the trees. It was a fall afternoon, the Friday before Thanksgiving in Canada. And it was so nice out. I said to the boys, like, get out of the house. Go and play. And so they did. They went on the trampoline. They came back in and they said, can we ride the quad? And of course I said, yeah, why not? like your kids and that's what little boys love to do and so I suited them up I made them put on their protective gear I talked to them about where they were allowed to ride there was a mud puddle in the field that they loved to splash through go ahead guys have at her and I went back in the house and carried about cleaning and doing whatever I was working on at the time and I was in and out and in and out and I'd just been out and talked to them my son's friend was riding the quad and I came back in to put some laundry away and my son came in a few moments later and he said, Mom, can we have a snack? My kid to this day, he loves his snacks. He's fifteen now. And I said, Sure, son, but go get your friend. He's like, let's go. Don't leave him outside. Bring him on in here and, and let's do this together. And then I paused and I listened and I didn't hear the quad and I mean six acres is a big enough parcel but it's not like that you can't that you're unaware of what's going on and I opened the front door and I listened and then I called his name and nothing and then the moment of unease hit panic you know like when you lose sight of your kid in the grocery store and at first you kind of look around the cart in front of you and you look behind you and you look up and down the row and then you call their name and when they don't answer then that that moment that sick grip in your stomach starts to squeeze tight and your breath is trapped and you're you're no longer able to breathe and something is wrong your intuition grabs hold of you and I went rushing out the front door And we lived on a really busy highway. Our driveway was quite long, but the kids knew to stay away from the highway. It was a danger zone. We'd unfortunately lost a few pets on this highway, and it was extremely busy. And I ran straight out to the highway. And I looked up and down the ditches, you know, a quick glance up and down and around and calling his name, and my son was behind me and nothing. And then I turned back towards the house and by then my daughter who was nine years old at the time came out the front door and I said, we can't find him. And so she kind of looked, her eyes were fearful. And in that moment it dawned on me, we had a lagoon on the back corner of our property And again the kids knew that this was an off-limits space and in fact we'd never even caught them close to it before. There was tall grass and thistles surrounding it. It was just not an attractive place for the kids to hang out. And she turned and she ran. She was closer than I was. And I ran behind her and she got there first. And she screamed. And it was in that moment that utter chaos broke loose at our home. And looking back now, it feels as though it's an out-of-body experience. As I'm speaking to you right now, I'm getting chills all over my entire body. It's like I'm hovering above the entire scene. And I'm witnessing it from an external perspective. Jordan ran to the house to phone 911. Kai followed behind her to get me a life jacket or or a life-preserving anything. And I was there alone. And from there, our lives will never, ever be the same. And it's taken me nine years, over nine years now, to bring this message to you because I know of the importance of no longer choosing my silence. Through this journey, I shut down, not necessarily right away, but eventually I shut down to the point where I didn't speak about it. And if I did, it was a surface conversation. I did not, Allow my emotions to come forward. I chose to live from a space of what I now know as a spiritual bypassing. And I recognize all of these lessons as someone's approach to offer support or a different perspective or. They didn't know what to say and so they'd heard it somewhere and and they repeated it. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that's one that uh, is is hard to swallow. This was your soul contract. Okay, I, I can buy that one. I understand soul contracts and I do believe that somewhere before coming here to our time in this lifetime, we sign up or we understand what it is that is going to be presented to us or the challenges or, or the traumas we will face. He chose you was another one. and. As much as I can bring understanding to these words, to these phrases, what happened is it gave me permission to sidestep the humanness of my experience. So there's two things to understand in this. There's the spiritual understanding and there are some people, Eckhart Tolle, who can be completely emotionalist emotionalist and removed, right? You listen to the man talk and he is 100% monotone. There ain't ain't nothing. Like there's no excitement. There's no sadness. Like there is just neutrality. I'm not there. (laughs) And then there's the other side. There's this human aspect that we all too often forget about. So on this journey, I understood immediately the spiritual side of it. And maybe that was just my introduction to the work and the studies that I've been working with. And and honestly, a very strong, avid follower of Dr. Wayne Dyer. In fact, my husband and I had already seen him once in person, and he was absolutely phenomenal. Or maybe it was just the fact that I was never raised with a strong religious foundation. In fact, my father was atheist, and my mom... Gave us something to believe in, but never really structured it around any religion. I had lost several friends. Unfortunately, this is one of the ugly truths of growing up in a small town. I had been to several funerals of dear, dear close friends by the time I graduated high school. And so there was already a bit of an understanding of the reality of life and death and the acceptance of losing a loved one too soon and i'm not saying that that makes it easier cuz quite honestly sometimes that even makes it worse cuz you're like seriously how many loved ones do i have to say goodbye to but what i'm saying is that it it, it just kind of brings you into a greater understanding to, to know that the process is there and so there's a grievance that takes place and eventually somehow in some way you will learn to live again just maybe in an altered way. You'll never be the same person. Life as you knew it will never be the same. And so all of these lessons that I had accumulated throughout my life so far, I was 33 years old, I wasn't that old, but I certainly had a, a few in my back pocket gave me a foundation to start with and it was from there that I chose to build upon it. But as I mentioned earlier, there was almost um, an avoidance to the humanness side of it. It felt good for me to be in this spiritual side to, um, I shouldn't say felt good because I. I did rebel against, against a lot of the spiritual understanding, right? There's always this journey as I speak, more and more is coming to me, but I was able to hold space for um, the understanding of everything happens for a reason, or soul contracts were tied together, or this was his journey, or whatever it was, somehow that felt more peaceful for me. But what I wasn't able to do was to come into the humanness and honor the shame, the guilt, the blame, the anger, the sadness and grief. And all of what I can, you know, we consider the yucky, ugly feelings. I didn't want to go there. I remember a conversation with my husband where I actually said to him, I hate feeling this way. And I was angry. I hate it. I don't want to be sad I'm sick of crying I am not a sad person and I don't want to be sad anymore and so I started to stuff it and I stuffed it and I stuffed it and I held on to it and then my journey became or my burden became too heavy it became too heavy to the point where I knew I needed help But I didn't know where to reach out to find it. And that's where my beautiful, incredible friend, yoga teacher, massage therapist, naturopath, my spiritual guru at the time, offered me the advice of going to yoga. And I got to tell you, that was like the last place that I wanted to be. It was absurd to me. Honestly, I was a cardio kickboxer. I was a runner. I liked to train with weights. I liked to go hiking. I liked high intensity. I had tried yoga once and this whole stretching bullshit was just like ridiculous. It wasn't happening. And so it seemed ludicrous to me that something as simple as sitting in a quiet room stretching was somehow going to be the answer to the depression and the sadness I was carrying. But they say when the pain of staying outweighs the pain of growth or change that's when you step up into the change and that's exactly what happened i knew that i could not stay where i was i wasn't functioning i wasn't coping and it was getting really ugly so i reached out to my girlfriend paula i love you And she said, okay, let's go. We're going tonight. And the hesitation came in and I was like, "Uh, fuck that. (laughs) No, I didn't mean tonight. I meant like maybe next week or, you know, like I, I really wasn't fully ready to commit. But bless her heart, she insisted. And so off I went to my first Bikram yoga class. I entered the torture chamber. And it's called that for very good reason, without any inclination about what I was signing up for, but that I knew I needed to be there. And I powered through, because that's who I was. And I didn't mention this other side of me that's really ridiculously competitive, used to be it doesn't come up as often anymore but really so when I was in that room and I'm watching all these other people like push through and power through and the instructor's going harder 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 push 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 I'm like fuck yeah (laughs) and I'm just pushing to my limits and then the most beautiful thing happened this high intensity This focus, 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 this ability to finally free my mind from the repetitive ugly thoughts that kept replaying over and over and over again. Freed me from all of that, wiped my mind clear and took me into a space of mind, body, soul, connection. I laid on my mat in Shavasana at the end of my yoga practice and I cracked open. And the tears just kept rolling down. You know when you lie on your back and the tears roll down your cheek and they pool in your ears? And they just kept pooling and, and I just kept allowing. And I laid there in that moment and I knew this is exactly where I needed to be. You see i didn't know nobody gave me permission to quit early nobody told me that this would be the most challenging yoga practice that anyone could ever partake in no one gave me the heads up that look at in your first class you're probably going to make it a third of the way through and lay down on your mat and not get back up or you're going to march out of this room pissed off at the instructors and never come back. And I needed that. And so I continued. And fast forward that, you know, I continued. I actually made the commitment. I drove from Rocky Mountain House to Red Deer probably five days a week. That's a big commitment. And I still didn't understand what was happening, but I knew that I felt better after I left. And if I didn't feel better after I left, I knew it's what I needed to feel better later on. So there were days, you guys, where I would go, I'd drive into Red Deer on my own, I'd power through this incredible practice, challenging limits, breaking through barriers, getting back to my car, and crying so violently that I would have to phone my husband and tell him I can't drive home. And bless his heart, he'd make the hour trip in to sit with me. And that was the importance of my journey is I hadn't allowed myself to feel. And so I continued until the call for wanting to know more became intense and I knew that there was a next step. There was more to be done. Life carries on. One year later after, almost to the date of the anniversary of the accident, I received the phone call that my family had feared would come. I never believed it would happen. I never, ever believed it would happen. I was being charged in the death of this young child, and the charges were serious. Failing to provide the necessities of life and endangering the life of a child, if found guilty 15 years in prison. What do you do with that? I'd never even step foot in a courthouse besides Supporting a few friends before at very trivial, you know, speeding ticket, bar fights. I didn't even know how to approach finding a criminal lawyer. We'll save that for another episode. In this short time span, our very dear brother-in-law had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Unheard of at the young age of, I believe, was 36 at the time. The night before his funeral, my husband received the call that a dear friend of his had been killed in a plane crash. A few months previous to that, we'd been on a family vacation in the wor- at the world's most beautiful beaches of Turks and Caicos, and a young father had been struck by a boat and killed while snorkeling with his son, and we were the first responders to the scene. I sat and held his eight-year-old son like it was piling up it was heavy and I was doing the work I was going to yoga I was meditating I was going to see energy healers I was attending workshops I was doing the work and all of my shamanic practitioners the energy healers, said to me Amanda you need 21 days away you gotta go Because what happens is, as a mom, my kids came first. Of course, duh. My kids came first. My husband came first. Everyone around me came first. And I did not allow myself to fully be in the experience of my life. It's a brutal thing. I'm going to tell you this. It's a brutal thing. To read your name in a newspaper clipping. To have friends phone you and tell you they've heard your name on the Calgary or Edmonton global news stations. It's ugly. To have to pull your children out of school and tell them if a police officer approaches you, you do not speak to them. pretty fucked up when we actually teach our kids that they're the good guys. It altered the way I seen the world completely. And so I knew it was time to go away and I accepted the challenge of going for 21 days completely on my own to a yoga teacher training in Mexico. And the reason I was called to this training, I mean, I just got on Google, right? You start typing it in and go 21-day retreats. I wasn't seeking teacher training. I still was married to my Bikram practice and didn't even know what a vinyasa flow was or a sun salutation. And for those of you that are yogis, you'll understand that. For those of you that are not, Google it. (laughs) But I went in not knowing this style of practice. Bikram is entirely different. And I'm not going to get into the discussion around Bikram right now. Not worth it. But it's what I needed at the time, and that's where I was. And so I approached this training because it was the shamanic healing that it offered in conjunction with the yoga teacher training. And now yoga teacher training, when you go on a 21-day immersion, is powerful enough on its own when you move into these ancient practices but now you weave in the marriage of shamanism it'll blow your mind and that's basically what I needed there's no mistakes right there's no mistake that for whatever reason when I punched in the google search that's the first thing that came up and of course knowing it now the cookies were dropped in behind the browser and it kept popping up every day every time I was on my internet browser the retreat kept resurfacing Thank you, Kobe, for that one. (laughs) And so I went. And I went to this 21-day yoga teacher training on my own to a small little Mexican village. And I started to tap in a little deeper. And from there, the journey has just continued to unfold. From there, I came home without the intention of becoming a yoga teacher, And bless her heart, my very dear friend at the time, Jill, created a sacred space for me to bring my teachings, to give me a purpose. And through that purpose, it gave me a foundation to move forward with this continued darkness that shadowed over me. And I taught yoga and I just can't even begin to explain the difference it made in my life. To be in this incredible safe place to share the teachings that I had learned throughout my journey and continued, right? It wasn't over, continuing. Through that, I taught for a couple years, you know, and the continuation went on. I felt the urge to grow and expand. So from this small studio space, I opened a storefront with a dear partner. That immediately pulled me directly out of my passion and I knew within months that that was not my purpose and that was a struggle in itself but again continuing to learn and grow then I dove in a little deeper into my yoga practice and went to Peru in 2016 again with the same yoga teachers a different yoga school I dove into the 300-hour yoga teacher training integrated this time with shamanism supported by plant medicine. Again, more episodes to come on that. But that is where the pivotal moment in my journey awakened. Because to this point I continued to heal, right? And understanding that... The the charges came, we went to pre-trial. We never did go to trial. They dissolved and they were gone. Carry on, Amanda, get over it, move forward. I didn't know how. There were so many things that were happening that I didn't know how to handle. And so going to Peru, I was gifted this beautiful, beautiful journey of pain. (laughs) And you might think I'm crazy, but I needed to sit in the darkness, fully submerged with the demons, with the trauma, with the excruciating pain within the womb of who I am, in order to express it, to feel it, to release it, and create space for this awakening into the light. And this is where I talk about dancing with the phoenix. This is where I talk about knowing that we must feel to heal. We must sit in the dark to appreciate the light. We have to know our deepest pain to then come up into the joy. So this is why I'm here with you. The journey continued. So I'd love to tell you I came home from Peru a changed woman and life carried on and bam, you know what, here we go. But that's not how it works. And I still have growth and learning and lessons and challenges to come through. But what I want to tell you today is that it's all been worth it. Even the ugly stuff that challenged me and really pressed and pushed my limits it's all worth it and now I'm here today on the other side of it to tell you you can get through it too and through my years as a yoga teacher and all of the yoga teacher trainings that I've partaken in and then integrated energy healings and a greater understanding of spirit and portals and you know the effects of the moon cycles and Everything, everything that I continue to expand upon, I know that it's all worth it and it's all here for you too. And that is why I've now come to this space of bringing you the Unbroken Soul podcast, of sharing openly and freely without any filters I no longer have anything to hide. I never had anything to hide, ever. However, what happened was I was told to stop talking. And I was told that maybe my story would never be heard. And it took me a long time to understand that by my story it's not that I have to defend anything Or to bring you into a space of understanding, how could something so horrific happen, Amanda? What I mean by sharing my story is that this is the tragedy that occurred. This is how it altered my life. This is how it changed me. And this is how I chose to grow through it. And this is where I am today. And so I hope that resonates with you. Where am I now? My husband and I are still business owners in a small community. We chose to stay where we are. Our daughter has now graduated. Our son is in high school. Our marriage still has challenges and is still growing and evolving as we continue to grow and evolve. I'm here learning with you. But my ultimate goal is to take all of my learnings and rather than it taking you an entire decade to peel back the layers and to really dive deep. I want to offer you what I didn't have. I'm here for you. I'm an open book. I offer one-on-one soul coaching now to women to help them resolve trauma. I specialize in breathwork practices. Shamanism is my passion. Yoga is my passion. Meditation, self-inquiry, retreats, and sacred women's circles are all my passion because those are all pieces of the puzzle that brought me back together. And so when I share with you, you can know that the angels sit here with me. That before I open any space to channel messages for you, I've called upon the supporting energies to be here with me. I've brought out the Palo Santos and I've smudged the entire area. I've took several deep breaths to ground and center myself. I've decorated my space with crystals, whichever ones I'm called to use that day. Sometimes I'll pull a card and just let it sit with me to offer guidance and support. This is who I am. These are the tools that support me and anchor me into a space to support you. I am here for you. I am Amanda Joy. And I am so truly honoured to share this journey with you. Namaste. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on another sacred journey on the Unbroken Soul podcast. If this episode resonated with you, do a sister a favour and take a screenshot, tag me and share on your favourite social media platform. Also, your heartfelt words expressed in an iTunes review aid in boosting my ratings and allow other like-minded souls to find me. If you'd like to reach out to me, your messages are always welcome. DM me on Instagram at amanda.joy.77 and I look forward to visiting you on the next Unbroken Soul podcast. I am... Amanda Joy